Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. This is week 13 preview. I'm your host, Alex, from two bros, Holt Smash. Holt Smash, what's up? Hey, Alex, how's it going? Just chilling, man. Pretty good, man, pretty good. And Mr. J.B. Brooks, what's up, J.B.? I'm doing pretty well, Alex. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, how are you surviving? You've had a uh, pretty rough day. And uh, I know that you probably were a little stressful watching the game tonight, but, uh, you know, a win's a win. Am I right? Debbie, what the hell are you talking about? I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, I, just, I feel like you, you enjoy it from afar. I actually, um, as much as you enjoy seeing Memphis squirm in basketball, I enjoy Tennessee squirm in basketball. The problem is Tennessee Alex, has – Alex, let me interrupt you here like you always interrupt me. For one, you are a hypocrite because on this podcast for the last few months, you always, always love to bring up anything negative, Tennessee, and always have to ask my opinion on it. So I don't think you're going to win this one here. Uh, I don't know. Donate to James, Wise- James Wiseman's fund to uh, pay the NCAA back. Uh, well, it's technically going to a charity of his choice, so it could go anywhere. I mean, it could go to like the Popeyes, uh, have more more buns ready fund well i mean are you gonna help him donate to it though because he's got to pay it back i don't know i might be i might be considered a booster then at that point so i don't know i don't know if i can do that you could well, but i can't so, i mean someone's gonna help him pay it back right is he gonna pay that back all by himself he didn't have a job <laughs> i don't know man it's really funny how the NCAA works in general but yeah that's what i was trying to think about this exact situation. I mean, is he going to have to take out a, like a actual loan from a bank to pay this back or they expecting him to like work at McDonald's and, you know, work 20 hours a week to pay this off over 12 months. I don't understand how this whole thing works. Yeah, I don't either. NCAA doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but uh, I have a feeling he's going to find the money somewhere. It may just show up in his mailbox one day. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think, I think he'll, he'll be fine in the long haul. Um, that is, in case you don't know, which I think everybody does at this point, but not positive. Uh, Memphis's best player, James Wiseman, the maybe number one pick next year, just got uh, suspended for 12 games for getting paid uh, money by Penny to help move from Nashville to Memphis at one point in his life. Before Penny was the coach, by the way, but it just happens. Um, but, JB, I think, I think we can both – I think you can root against Memphis, and I can root against Tennessee, and like I'm okay with that because I feel like that's kind of like supposed to happen. It's not even about rooting to me. I mean, it's just 
I'm just going back at you the way you all, you've been going back at me like the last three months, and I finally do something to you, and you don't like it. But I, you do it to me all the time on this podcast. Uh, I'm okay with it. I just I think yours is like more um, condescending because I, I don't know maybe maybe it's more because like I see I see Tennessee fans like on Twitter and they like freaking hate Memphis, the city and everything about the university of Memphis. Yeah. I mean, I think it's more or less just, I think it's really just Penny has really lit up the fire and the robbery, you know, with his words that he had last year. And I think it's really taken it to a new level of hatred that used to not really be there before. Like it used to be more of just, you know, Memphis, Oh, Memphis, just whatever. But now with Penny, you know, it's definitely turned into hatred. Now, I understand Penny's like uh, kicks up a notch, but I think I think in general, this is like a just a thing in general for Memphis versus the rest of the state is that nobody like east of Jackson, Tennessee, likes Memphis at all, and like wishes Memphis was part of Arkansas or something else. I mean, I would probably agree with that. I mean, it's it's not it's Memphis against Nashville, Memphis against Chattanooga, Memphis against Knoxville. I mean, Memphis is kind of like the black sheep of the state of Tennessee. I mean, I mean that's definitely yeah. the truth. And everybody from Memphis um, doesn't doesn't really claim Tennessee as much as they just claim Memphis. It's it's a weird dynamic. You have to like kind of be there in the situation to understand it all. You do. I mean, I mean, I do think the rivalry. I mean, not to get too far off topic, the Memphis Tennessee rivalry. I think is more intense on the west side of the state because yeah. there's a lot of Tennessee fans here. Like, there's not really any Memphis fans in Knoxville to stir the pot, and and the fans in Knoxville. I mean, they're going to hate Alabama and Florida the most. I mean. But, of course, in Memphis, I mean, ball fans are going to deal with, you know, Memphis fans, too. I always wonder if uh, Tennessee fans accept the um, Tennessee fans from Memphis as, like, equals. Or are they like, oh, man, I'm sorry you have to live there. <laughs> I don't know how it goes. Did, did y'all know that Mississippi State's still undefeated? I know they, they've played a couple close games, I know. They – um. They also don't have any good players this year. They're, a lot of their guys left. Um, Are you sure about that? They they have well, they still have Reggie Perry, right? I was about but, to say he might be the best player in the SEC this year, but I mean, yeah, besides him, maybe not. No, no, no. What's the um, God? I already forgot his name. The the little the little guy from uh, New Orleans that like had a good freshman year, but not a good sophomore year. He went to the draft technically, but didn't get drafted. You talking about Lamar Peters? Yeah, he he wasn't. I guess it's not a huge loss, but he left. Um, but they don't – I mean, they could, they could play better. Um, in Dude, that. Alex, I, don't even act like you've watched Mississippi State play this year. You don't know one thing I, about I, I Mississippi State. Scores. I know what the scores are. <laughs> I know what the scores are. I, I you don't scores. know anything about Mississippi State's identity as a basketball team. You've not watched them play one game. I don't even think Mississippi State fans know the identity of Mississippi State's basketball team. I think uh, Mississippi State's women's team is bigger than the men's team, right? Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's kind of saying a lot. Well, I mean, it is in general, like, the women's team being better than, the, like, being a bigger deal than the men's team, unless, like, you're, like, even, I don't know, UConn maybe, Tennessee sometimes. Well, I mean, I saw Mississippi State play UConn in women's basketball, and you know who won that game? Well, I, I know, I know, but I'm just saying in general, like, it's a bigger, it's unusual for the women's team to be, like, a bigger deal than the men's team. Yeah, well, to me, that says more about the women's team than it does the men's team, but. Personally. Holt Smash, there is football this week, week 13, but I don't know if I can describe it as great football or exciting games. Besides the Ohio State-Penn State game, is there one you're really looking forward to? Is it the Arkansas-LSU beatdown? Um, I'm really looking forward to the Tennessee-Missouri game, honestly. I think that has a chance to be kind of an exciting game. Um, 
I don't really know what to expect from Missouri, but Tennessee's gotten better as the season's gone on. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of anxious to see what happens in that game. Missouri's offense really struggled last week, and I'm anxious to see if they can get anything going against Tennessee's defense this week. Is there any way Mississippi State loses to Abilene Christian this week? <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think Abilene Christian is pretty bad even for FCS standards. Yeah, they do have um, I think they got – uh, like blown out by like Southeast Louisiana or something last week. So I think I feel okay about this week. Yeah. It is on, oops, it is on the SEC network alternate, which I don't know. If yeah, that means- Alex, just, just throw that anywhere. Yeah, I will. I don't know if that means you can stream it or how that works. SEC network alternate. I know there's like a couple of channels for SEC network, but uh, I don't know if that means you stream it or if it's like an actual channel you can watch. No, you can watch the SEC alternate channel. Gotcha. Will you be watching that on uh, Saturday night? Yeah, I'm going to put it on the big TV and make JB watch the Tennessee game on the small TV. <laughs> you should. You should. Let him know who runs the house. <laughs> are y'all, JB, are you mad that the Ohio State Penn State game is on at 11 a.m.? No, I'm not mad because at least it's uh, not competing with any SEC games really at the time. I mean, that are. At least, you know, major SEC games. I mean, that's that's the life of the Big Ten. Like, once they get into like, you know, late October, late October and early November, and you know, November, it's like all noon and afternoon games in the Big Ten. They don't play any night games, you know. Once they get, you know, past like Halloween or before Halloween. I wonder who decided and like what the reasoning or logic was behind it. Because you would think like oh. the prime time games would be a bigger deal but like it's just like a known fact that's like what's called high noon or big noon for big 10 yeah big 10 definitely likes playing in the uh you know the noon time slot like they're really trying to make that noon time slot like a major time slot like they're because it's never been a big time slot and they're really trying to hype it up and make it bigger than it is but honestly i just think it has to do with weather i think you know up north like the games are a lot colder at night like you know and I don't think they want them to be out in those elements. Like, you know, the band, the cheerleaders, you know, all that. I think they try to have the games during the day later in the season. Yeah. I don't know. It is, it is nice. Uh, like, right as game day gets done, there is a huge game on TV. So that is kind of nice that uh, sometimes the games are spread out because SEC never puts their biggest game on that early, you know. So it's, it's, it is nice to have, like, a little bit of a spread out for the big games of, for the Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's good for the Big Ten. And, of course, you know, the big SEC game's 3.30, which I don't mind, uh, you know, later in the season either. But I, I would rather the prime game in the SEC be a night game, you know, the first half of the season at least. Oh, do you think we could just, like, kind of cancel this week altogether? Because there's, like, so many teams playing SCS teams this week. I mean, it's definitely a weekend to forget. But, I mean – there's still a couple of decent matchups, and I'll still be watching. So, I mean, I can't complain about football, even if it's not the best games. Um, it just kind of sucks because, like, I'm, we're getting to the point where, you know, there's only one weekend left after this uh, before the bowl game. So, um, really starting to, uh, you know, hold on tight and hoping this season doesn't slip away. I think this is where, like, people get mad and think, like, the SEC or whoever is the powers to be needs to, like, step in and say, like, you can't schedule FCS teams because this is, like, clearly just, like, a bye week for most of these teams. Oh, we playing Western Carolina. Auburn's playing Stanford. Kentucky's playing UT Martin. It's just um, 
It's not a great week. And um, yeah, no, freaking East Tennessee State's playing Vanderbilt. I mean, yeah, and then I mean, there's a lot of bad games. But here's another thing, though. Next year, like SEC is going to have a lot better games uh, this week, and uh, this is really the last year of shitty games. Yeah, I was making a I was making a joke there about East Tennessee scheduling Vanderbilt as an easy game before rivalry week. By the way, I don't know if y'all picked up on that. <laughs> oh yeah, I get it now. It took me a second though. Um, man, that would be one thing if uh, East Tennessee State did beat Vanderbilt. They might have more fans there than Vanderbilt. That's actually a pretty good point. They they actually might. I, I, I mean, don't every think every they're... every visiting team has more fans than Vanderbilt when they play in Nashville. So sad. So sad. Vanderbilt. Um, man, it's kind of sad that this Arkansas LSU game, I mean, it's going to be like a blowout, but this used to be a game you kind of look forward to because for some reason, Arkansas seemed like they always competed well against LSU. Yeah, and Arkansas would beat LSU a lot often. I mean, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s, even the even Bielema beat LSU, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yeah, Bielema beat them. I mean, Arkansas always competed with LSU. I mean, that's not going to happen this Saturday, but I mean, in the in the past, I mean, Arkansas has definitely competed really well with them. I mean, it's 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 not a def, it's definitely not as much of a one sided robbery as people would, you know, expect it to be looking on paper just because Arkansas is struggling, you know, the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, Holt, do you think any there's any way that Georgia is overlooking a m this week? I mean, I definitely don't think they're overlooking them. Um but I definitely see it as a, a tough matchup for him. I mean, Georgia's offense hasn't been explosive and hasn't been, um, you know, the most high-scoring, high-flying offense. So, and Texas A&M's defense has actually played pretty well this year. So, I mean, this is definitely a spot where if Texas A&M's defense comes to play, then I really think that, um, you know, they have a chance to hold down that Georgia's, off- Georgia's offense a little bit um, and kind of make this a – a little bit of a low-scoring game. I don't know if A&M's going to be able to score in Georgia, but if A&M's able to do enough on defense, I think they could at least make Georgia uncomfortable in this one. The over-under is 44. Anytime a over-under gets around 40, low 40s or under 40, I just, like, really distrust it. But, I mean, I guess it happens, and it definitely happens. It's just, it just seems kind of crazy that you score more than 20 points each. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just the thing is Georgia's defense has been so good, no one's been able to score on them. And A&M's defense has been pretty solid as well to go along with, you know, Georgia's offense not exactly being great. So, I mean, you put all those things together and, you know, it's all the recipes for a low-scoring typical SEC November game. JB, has A&M had a signature win yet? Or I I say that, has has Jimbo Fisher had a signature win at A&M yet? Uh, The only thing I can think of is the LSU game last year. I mean, I think that is probably, I would call it a signature win so far. I mean, because you got to face it, A&M had not beaten LSU since they entered the SEC. And last year they finally were able to exercise those demons and, you know, win in throwing fashion, you know, in seven overtimes. So, I mean, yeah, I, I do think he has a signature win. And I think it's that win against uh, LSU. What was LSU ranked last year at that point? I guess I forgot they, they went to the um, New Year's Six Bowl game and beat Central Florida last year. So they actually were pretty good. But um... – I don't know. Anytime you go to like seven overtimes, I feel like you really didn't win the game. I feel like it was just like basically at that point it's a tie. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of feels like if you know that that game also is the game that ended the overtime format, you know, as we know it too. And I do like it that they switched to uh, going to you know for two point conversions after I believe it's the third overtime or fourth overtime. 
Yeah, so you alternate two point conversions. You don't even get like the ball at the twenty five, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just basically a two point conversion shootout, like penalty yeah. kicks in soccer. Yeah, but this would be a even bigger signature win for Jimbo than LSU last year, possibly. I'm looking at the schedule last year. LSU was number eight when they beat him, so that was a pretty big win. Yeah, last year. I mean, they I think that, that game was huge. I, I mean, that game was really huge for AM and the program. I mean, just like I said, I mean, they had never beaten uh, LSU, you know, arguably their biggest rival in the conference since they entered the conference in 2012. Like, they have been winless. I think it was maybe seven straight that they had lost, and they finally were able to exercise those demons and beat LSU last year. Doesn't look as good, but they did beat Kentucky last year, and Kentucky was number thirteen. Kentucky didn't have a bad year at all. It's just kind of hard to say signature win and say Kentucky in the same sentence. But um, they had two good wins last year. But I mean, I think this one in Georgia, if or this game in Georgia, if he does, they do win this game. This would be even bigger win than last year against LSU. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a good argument. Yeah, it's definitely a good argument. And I mean, if they beat Georgia, I mean, they pretty much knock Georgia out of the college football playoff hunts. I mean, I would be. Huge for A&M, too, in their confidence, you know, going in the, you know, their final weekend against, uh, you know, in Baton Rouge. But, I mean, it would be a, it would be a huge win. I mean, this Georgia team is no slouch at all. I mean, I think that a lot of people are going to be sleeping on them when they play LSU. I mean, I think a lot of people are just going to expect LSU to roll over them. But I do – I like – I think Georgia is, is probably almost close to LSU at this moment. I think Georgia's defense is playing at a really high level. I just need they just need their offense to uh, really uh, step up their game and you know improve a little bit because it's if their offense can catch up to their defense I mean they're gonna it's I mean I know I'm just you know putting in cliches here but Georgia's offense is uh, you know having this hasn't been that good these last few weeks but and they're going up against a really good A and M defense. That's what I wonder if they get in the playoff. Um, I mean I guess they'd have to beat LSU to get in the playoff, but yeah, um, if for they sure. Did get- if they did get in the playoff, I mean, how are they going to keep up with high-scoring teams like Ohio State or Clemson? But, I mean, I guess if they beat LSU at that point, then that's kind of answering the question. Exactly. I mean, LSU has the best offense in college football. Yeah. Um, so, are we going to see good Kellen Mond in this game, JB, or bad Kellen Mond? I actually think we're going to see good Kellen Mond. I mean, he's due to have a good game, a good game against a, you know, a quality opponent. I mean – He's not, he hasn't had his – I feel like he's slightly regressed this year than he has from last year. I mean, last year he, he he really outperformed, I think, what we expected of him. And this year, I mean, I expect – I thought he would take the next step and maybe be an, a fringe Heisman candidate. But uh, he has not taken that step this year. And he, he's had some bad games, you know, against some quality opponents. I want to see him have a good game. And I, I think this might be a game where, you know, he's not going to maybe put up a ton of stats, but I think he's going to have a – pretty solid game against Georgia. I think that they're going to actually compete with them and keep this close. That is going out on a limb because Georgia does have a good defense. So um, if he does, and it is there because um, that's better than a lot of quarterbacks have done against Georgia. Um, whole smash. Are we going to see good Kelly Brown or bad Kelly Brown against Tennessee? I mean, I hate to say it, but I think it's going to be more of the same. Um, I just think that he's a little bit, you know, the injury is just not fully recovered. He's not, you know, he doesn't have full faith in his uh, offensive line or his receivers. The running game hasn't really gotten going this season, and Tennessee's defense has really improved throughout the season. I think Jeremy Pruitt has uh, really um, found a way to get pressure on a lot of the quarterbacks they've faced, um, at least in the second half of the season. And, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as it was last week against Florida, but 
I definitely expect uh, another rough game for Missouri's offense in, in uh, the game matchup against Tennessee. The real question is going to be, um, is Tennessee's offense able to create enough big plays to uh, create enough separation in this game? Uh, Quarterback. I mean, who, who's going to be? I'm assuming it's still Garantano, right, JB? All right, that's, yeah, I was about to say, that's a JB question. Yeah, yeah it's going to it's going to be Garantano starting this week. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt hasn't confirmed. I mean, they asked him at a press conference. Uh, it was actually this morning if he had named a starting quarterback, and he said he did. And that's all he – That's a, that was his answer. Like, he never <laughs> said who it was. He just said, yes, I have. That's a uh, Belichick answer. It is. It's all business. I mean, I mean, it, I mean it's definitely going to be Garantano. He's been taking all the first-team uh, reps, uh, most most of the first-team reps this week at practice. I mean, he's going to be the, the quarterback. But, you know, I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if – he were to start with Maurer, but I think, you know, the last few weeks, Garantano being the sixth man has really humbled him and really helped him gain some confidence coming off the bench after the game was started. And I think now uh, he's going to be the starter from the first snap this week. It's going to be exhausting as a fan base to not know who your starting quarterback is going to be from week to week. I guess you can relate to that too, Holt, because uh, it's just, I mean, sometimes there's two quarterback systems that do work every now and then, but um, in Mississippi State and Tennessee cases, both here, um, you really don't have a true start of that. Like, you can just trust every week. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been – both situations have been a little bit different, but obviously State struggled to keep their quarterback healthy, and Tennessee has kind of struggled with just inconsistent quarterback play in general. Um, but, I mean, definitely would quarterback kind of take charge and – um, you know, basically be in charge of the offense. Um, you know, anytime you're switching up quarterbacks, it's not a good thing. But, you know, we've seen some in the past where, um, you know, maybe one quarterback is more the passer, one's more the runner, and the runner can come in in like some short yarded situations, uh, but really be more of like a specialist and like a wildcat type situation. Um, and then the regular quarterback just be, you know, the better passer. But, you know, you just don't see that as often. And uh, most of the time in these two quarterback systems, it's really due more to inconsistency in the quarterback play than anything else, which, you know, is definitely not a good thing. You hardly ever see two quarterbacks rotating when they're both playing good. It's usually because, um, you know, multiple quarterbacks are playing bad, and that's why they're rotating. JB, are Tennessee fans going to be traveling to Missouri for this game? Who? I was asking JB if Tennessee fans are going to travel to Missouri for this game. I mean, it's a pretty long trip, you know, for any Tennessee fan to make the trip. But uh, I do have a relative that might be making the trip from from where? Uh, you know, people that live in the Midwest and is going to Columbia. Yeah, game time temperature is forty-four degrees. Forty-four degrees. Yeah, that's not like the coldest, but it's definitely no, not. That's actually – that's ac- yeah, that's actually really good for Columbia, Missouri this time of year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's – I don't know. That that probably – I don't know. To me, that's more exciting. That's, this game is more exciting than the A&M Georgia game. The A&M Georgia game, um, both teams are better, but I just feel like when Georgia plays, they kind of make the game more boring to watch, I think, in general. Yeah, I mean, Georgia, to me, plays kind of old-style, like – you know, the Nick Saban teams in the beginning of his Alabama tenure. And, I mean, they, they definitely play with the defense. You know, defense pretty much carries them in games. And they try to just do just enough on offense to win. And I, they're definitely more of a throwback team, I would say. 
Alex, you still there? All right, so we talked about A&M, Georgia, Tennessee, Missouri. There's also Arkansas and LSU we talked about a little bit, but all the other games are FCS games. I don't know how much we want to talk about those, but if y'all have anything specific you want to say about any of these FCS games, we can surely talk about them. You don't want to talk about the Vanderbilt Eastern East Tennessee State University game? <laughs> how much would Vanderbilt have to win to make you feel good as a Vanderbilt fan? By 50. I maybe about like I think it might be about three. <laughs> a win's a win, am I right? And you know, and you know that Derek Mason uh, did not just get a vote of confidence from the AD. I mean, he's pretty much been guaranteed by the AD that he's coming back next year. Yeah, I think I saw something. Didn't, it, didn't he like send out like a statement or a tweet or something? Not a tweet, but a statement is what it was. Yeah, he sent out a statement. It wasn't like a vote of confidence. Like it's an actual guarantee. Like he's coming back next year. Man, maybe we should be the coach of Vanderbilt if you're going to get keep. Getting your job guaranteed like that after only winning two games, three games. I mean, that's that's uh, that's used to be the norm of Vanderbilt, you know, winning two to four games a year. I mean, James Franklin really helped elevate the ex- expectations of the program. He really fucked it up. He did. He messed it up for you know Derek Mason. I mean, now he's expected to get compete for a bowl every year, and at Vanderbilt, that's just not possible. Yeah, it's it's tough for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If- these, any of these other games I really want to talk about. We can talk about some of the games around the country that are good, like this Ohio State-Penn State game. Um, whole smash. What's your what's your take on this game? I mean, the first thing that stands out to me about this game is the line. I mean, I expect this to be kind of a you know, close line. Um, you know, obviously both teams are really talented. This has been a really close game the last few years. But uh, Ohio State opened as an 18-point favorite, and, I mean, that's a pretty big spread for a top-10 matchup. I mean – you know, I definitely expected Penn State to be, um, you know, at least have a shot, a decent shot to win this game. Um, but if you look at the percentages, I mean, I guess it's just, um, I mean, most people were just expecting Ohio State to win this game pretty easily. I don't know if we, if everyone just considers Matt Day a good coach now or whatever his name is, Ryan Day. I can't even think of his name, the Ohio State coach. Uh, but to me, I just feel like Ohio State's on autopilot no matter who their coach is. I mean, I think Urban Meyer obviously took it to another level, but Ohio State's been good pretty much ever since we've all been alive. Yeah, I mean, when you leave, when you leave a really you know stacked program, I mean, it can't you can call it autopilot for a few years, but as we've seen with uh, big programs in the past that been you know been stacked, the coaches that were on autopilot failed. At least some of them. I can give a few examples. One, Frank Solich when he followed uh, Tom Osborne. He was on autopilot for a few years, and the program started to slip. And then also you can look at Larry Coker when he followed Bush Davis. Yes, he won a national championship, but the program slipped. And a few years after, he lost all the players that Bush Davis recruited, and then the program began to slip then. Uh, I guess I'll say that to say that I, I think James Franklin's a really good coach, and I think um, I don't think that's like too shocking to anyone, but I, don't know, I think he's a better coach than people even give him credit for. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think he's a really solid coach. I mean, like I said, I mean, he elevated the Vanderbilt program to heights that the program had never been never seen. And, I mean, not to be bleak, but probably will never see again. I mean, it's just uh, what he did at Vanderbilt was absolutely astonishing and one of the best coaching jobs in 
that the SEC has ever seen. Host match. Should we should we give J.K. Dobbins a little love for Ohio State? I mean, everybody talks about Justin Fields and all the other players, but nobody talks about J.K. Dobbins, and he's like a thing like top five in rushing. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins is a monster. I um, mean, you know, obviously Chase Young and Justin Fields get most of the publicity, but I mean, J.K. Dobbins is um, you know arguably one of the best running backs in the country. Um, you know, Ohio State averages close to 300 rushing yards a game. And uh, that's really going to be something to watch in this game. I mean, um, Ohio State's averaging close to 300 yards rushing a game, and uh, Penn State's only giving up 75.9 yards rushing per game. So um, something's really got to give there. You're talking about one of the best rush defenses in the country, um, you know, going against one of the best rush offenses in the country. So um, something's definitely got to give there. And I think if Penn State can slow down Dobbins – um, I think that's really the key to this game. A lot of people are going to talk about Justin Fields, but if Penn State wants to win this game, they cannot let Dobbins uh, have a big game. To me, it's got to be Fields through the passing game. Um, you know, his. You know, that's got to be. Um, you know what Ohio, what Penn State forces Ohio State to use to win the game because um, if they just let Dobbins run all over them, then they have no shot. The other game I'm excited about, and this is just me personally maybe more so than everyone nationally, is the SMU-Navy game. Um, it's at Navy, and Navy's a three-and-a-half-point favorite against number 25. This one actually means a lot for a lot for the Memphis Memphis's, yeah, American Athletic Conference championship host just because uh, it's going to determine who's in second place uh, after this game. Oh, yeah. Here's another thing, though. I mean, this game does mean a lot because I think the winner of this game – probably wins their last game in week 14. Uh, Navy has to play at Houston. I would say that probably should be a win for them. And then SMU hosts Tulane, which I think is a win. And that's the curveball, is that the winner of this game wins out. That means also Memphis is going to have to win out too uh, in order to win the division because uh, yeah. that's 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 the other curveball too. I mean, it's still a three-team race in that division in the American Conference between SMU, Navy, and Memphis. Memphis has a tiebreaker. But uh, Memphis definitely can't afford to lose. They still need to win out to be assured of themselves that they'll win the division. Yeah, it's going to be tough with uh, Cincinnati. Uh, maybe possibly back-to-back if they beat. If they win out, then they would probably play yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah, if Memphis wins out, they're going to be playing Cincinnati back-to-back weekends in Memphis, which will be really funny to see. Yeah. Um, this game's on CBS Sports Network, though, and it's at 3.30 or 2.30 Central. Oh, will this make, uh, make one of the TVs? Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I haven't really mapped it out quite yet. Um, but if it's a close game, I imagine we'll we'll be flipping over there. Yeah, here's the problem. These are... Go ahead, Jake. I was going to say, the problem with our, our, with our situation is that uh, it could make one of our TVs by default. Like, it might make the second, you know, cable box TV because it's a CBS Sports Network game. The only games that we're able to stream – are the ones that we have on ESPN, you know, you know, the ESPN networks. Like we can't, we haven't been able to stream the CBS games. You can stream CBS games. We just don't. We just don't have the app. Yeah. We just don't have the app. The only games we stream are ESPN games. So, I mean, like Cole said, we haven't mapped it out, but if it does make it, it's going to probably be on our second cable box TV. Yeah. This, um, this game though, it's two contrasting offenses. It's kind of like when Navy played Memphis, but, um, Navy obviously has the option offense, runs the ball every single play, and SMU has the um, whatever it's called, air raid offense. Um, so it's kind of fun to watch two contrasting offenses. Uh, it's really whoever controls the tempo will win that game, I think. 
Yeah, that's always um, interesting to see when Navy plays a team that throws the ball around. Because um, obviously, you know, SMU has never seen an offense like Navy's. And then, you know, Navy can't really replicate what SMU does in the passing game in practice. So it's always just kind of interesting to see how that goes um, when those team, when teams like that match up. Um, so it's definitely a huge game. And, you know, like JB said, the winner of that game is really in a good position to possibly win the division if uh, Memphis isn't able to, uh, you know, win out. Yeah. Uh, JB, can I interest you in Texas versus Baylor? Sure. I mean, I, I, I want to ask you this, though. Can we can we finally say that uh, – call uh, Sam Elegner's bluff when he said, we're back. Are you saying that because you recently saw the freezing cold takes tweet? No, no, not at all. I mean, I, when, he, when he did that last year against Georgia, I just – you know, mark those. Like I marked that. I just marked that entire, uh, you know, post game interview, knowing that this is probably going to come back to bite them, and it did. They were supposed to lose a little bit from last year anyway, but I think this is still a little bit underperforming. Even if they finish eight and four, I, I think like nine and three would have been the the baseline for them. Yeah, going this year. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I do think that um, you know Texas. I mean. It's funny that they're actually the underdog going into this game in Waco. I mean, Baylor's coming off a really, you know, emotional loss at home against Oklahoma. So I don't know how they're going to respond. I think Matt Rule is an outstanding head coach. And I might boldly say I'd rather have Matt Rule as my coach over Tom Herman. I'm just – I'm not the biggest Tom Herman fan. I mean, I just – he rubs me off the wrong way, you know, as a person. Yeah. I just And JB likes to be rubbed off a very certain way, just so you know. Yeah, that sounds like. And also just don't trust him as a coach either. I'm at, nope. I, I'm not, I mean, I, I'll just say this. I am not on the Tom Herman train. I did not have such relations with that man. I'll <laughs> <laughs> picture JB saying. It's, that's actually what I picture Jim McElwain saying whenever like he's defending himself in the shark video or picture. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that shark. The other one, <laughs> brother, that was mine. <laughs> Crazy story all around. Um, whole smash. Can we give uh, can we give Lovey Smith some love in Illinois? He's six and four after like a shitty start to his career there. Yeah, they've had a couple of uh, pretty impressive wins, uh, pretty big comeback win, pretty big comeback wins against uh, Wisconsin and Michigan State. I don't know if you guys uh, saw that Michigan State game last week, but they were down. I think it was like twenty eight to three before halftime or something like that. It ended up coming back to win. Um, in the second half, scored 27 points in the fourth quarter. Um, so, pretty uh, pretty impressive win by the former Chicago Bears coach, uh, Lovey Smith, with his awesome gray beard. Um, I do I do dig the, uh, the Santa Claus look. I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm not alone in that. I think pretty much everybody likes it, but I just have to I just have to pay some, pay my respects to to that awesome beard. It's crazy to think how time changes everything. I mean, in Chicago, he was considered one of the best coaches in the NFL. And then he uh, goes to, I don't know if he got fired or if he quit Chicago, what, what happened? He goes, yeah. Then he goes to Tampa Bay and gets fired from there and then gets to Illinois. And it, it seems like a home run higher. And then like, he's has a shitty first three years there and now a decent fourth year. Um, it's I mean, crazy that he's even got that much time at Illinois. Yeah. I mean, well, the other thing too, is it just goes to show that like, uh, NFL and college is so much different. Like, I mean, it really is. And I mean, Lovey Smith was, you know, one of the, I guess, 
not the innovator of the Tampa two defense, but definitely, you know, one of the main disciples of it and uh, that, you know, him and Tony Dungy and a, a few other coaches that went on to have great careers uh, that came out of that system and uh, from Tampa Bay and Monty Kiffin and, Monty Kiffin and uh, all that. So, you know, he's uh, he's had a long career in the game and has a lot of experience and, um, you know, it, it's great to see him have some success and he's, he's got a root for. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, as far as Illinois, I mean, Illinois was one of the worst power five programs in the country when he took over. So I think that's part of the reason why he's gotten so much time. But, um, you know, it's good to see uh, good seeing him, you know, turn some things around and get them into a bowl game this year. It doesn't really make sense Illinois is that bad. I feel like – I mean, I don't know for sure, but I feel like they have good facilities. And I don't know. I mean, they're in the Big Ten. It seems like they could do a lot better than they have been doing. And they're, they're on the up and up now with Lovey Smith in his fourth year. But – whether they can sustain that or not, it's another question. But um, it just seems like they should be a lot better as overall program than they are. Yeah, I mean, they finally put it together this year. And, I mean, going into the season, Levy Smith was on the hot seat. I mean, I think a lot of people were expecting Levy Smith not to make a pass this year. And now he's probably bought himself a contract extension, you know, because he's, he's, they're definitely going to a bowl. And they have an outside shot of winning any games. I mean, their game at Iowa this weekend is going to be really tough. But I expect them to win their uh, final game at home against Northwestern, who is – you know, really struggled this year. I mean, I thought I think a lot of people expect Northwestern to be a, a bowl team, and they're currently two and eight, and staring down possibly a two and ten finish. Yeah, do you love Illinois enough, JB, to pick them over Iowa this week? Uh, that remains to be seen. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right, so I mean, there's not too many other games to to go over. We can go over every single non-conference game if we really wanted to, but I think we've kind of covered the main ones this weekend. Um, there's some other ones that. Should be more exciting than aren't like UCLA, USC, um, and that's really about it. I mean, I don't really know what else other games there are. So we have the pick'em that we can do now, and then I think Holt Smash wants to revive Rapid Fire at the end of this. Am I right, Holt? Yeah, I mean, they're all, I don't know. I don't have any questions ready, so I'm not really sure who's doing what, what, what the process is going to be. But I'm definitely down to do it. I think we should say Rapid Fire. For the recap episodes, since you know we always end episodes. Okay, Holt shaking his head here. So uh, let him. Uh, let's have Holt going to rant here. You guys said we were going to do rapid fire. I got all excited about it, and now you're saying you don't want to do it. What the fuck? Who said I didn't want to do it? Who said we do it on the recap? I said I we were going to do it tonight, and the text, and then you liked the text. That means you wanted to do it. I did like it, but you say you don't have any questions. Well, I thought that I was going to be the one getting the questions asked to. How about we call you afterwards, Holt, and just ask you a shit ton of questions? Yeah. How, how, how's your life? <laughs> Not that much. <laughs> we'll, we'll, try, we'll try to go along with it, Holt. Don't worry. We'll try to be good about this. We have games to pick, though, first, Holt, before you uh, – Yeah, well, I'm just sorry that Memphis and Tennessee both suck in basketball, so sorry about it. Yeah, well, everybody can be undefeated. Like, although Tennessee is undefeated, so uh, Memphis is only undefeated, a non-undefeated team. Crazy, crazy. Um, all right. Let me go to the, uh, the the text here to see what game JB wants to pick here. Uh, I see why you didn't want to do an Illinois-Iowa, JB, because that is one of the games on the list. All yeah, right, so it looks it's, like it's, not nice. strong, it's not a strong. These are probably like the nine, I guess you can say, the better games of the shitty weekend. Yeah. So to say. Nine games to pick this week, and who has the lead right now? 
Uh, currently, I am up two games. Uh, last week, Holt and I had a three-game discrepancy, and the state of Iowa really came through for me. I mean, I am now a big supporter of the state of Iowa, and I celebrated by eating some corn on the side in uh, Panama City this past weekend at, at a uh, seafood restaurant. It ended up getting corn because I had to celebrate with the state of Iowa, a big corn state coming through for me in this contest. I never asked you about that trip. Did you um, Did you like going to the beach in November? I mean, it was nice. I mean, the water was already too cold by now. I mean, I tried getting in the water, but it was just too cold for me. I mean, temperatures were around 70 every day, and uh, it was cool at night. But, I mean, I, I liked it fine. I mean, you don't go this time of year to, uh, you know, meet people or, you know, be in the crowds like – the beach was really empty. It was really peaceful. I mean, it was more of a relaxing trip. I, I spent more time around the pool and because uh, the pool was heated and we had a nice hot tub. It was a big resort pool. And there was, I could count on one hand how many people were out there at the pool while I was out there. Like, it was like having the whole place to ourselves. And then every night when we went out to dinner, uh, we would have, like, maybe four or five tables total in a big restaurant that were being used. And, like, I went to the back porch, Pompano Joe's, uh, Sharky's. And the Great Southern Cafe over in uh, 30A, and all places were really good. And I mean, it, it was a really good trip. I mean, I, I mean, I, I would go again in November, just to relax. I mean, that's really the only reason you would go that time of year is just to relax. You don't go like you know for the fun aspects of it. <laughs> you don't go to have fun. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, I, guess, I, I, I mean, I think same. relaxing is fun. I mean, I mean, I, all I did was just lay out by the pool, or I would. Uh, we went to the beach uh, one day, and yeah, we went out about you know in other places. Went out at night one night. I mean, it was it was nice. I mean, it was definitely uh, almost like a ghost town. Did you get a strawberry daiquiri or two? I did not get a strawberry daiquiri. That's true. Mm, I'm a little disappointed in you because you love strawberry daiquiri. So do I. I do. Um, I mean, it was, it was good though. It was a good trip. All right, that's all I like to hear. Having some fun for the. Um... On the company dime, me and Hulk smash work so hard to earn here. Just take it out and enjoy. Alex, summer. you know what JB told me the other day? I asked him if he listened to our podcast we recorded without him. He said he only listened to the two minutes, to the first two minutes to see what we said about him not being there. And then he turned it off. My little bitch. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. All right. We're going to do nine games here. And JB, according to him, and. JB, since you do have the lead, you're going to have to explain to everybody while we're picking games right now. All right, so right now, Holt and I are in a contest. Um, long story short, the winner uh, is safe. The loser is going to have to wear the apparel of the winner's uh, favorite school. So if Holt wins, I'm going to have to wear the apparel of Mississippi State and take a picture of it, of me wearing the apparel, and make it my Facebook and Twitter profile picture. And then Holt... If he loses, he's going to have to wear Tennessee apparel and take a picture of himself and put that on Facebook and Twitter. Fun stuff. Fun stuff uh, for me, the spectator, the bystander. Um, all right. Let's get started on these games, starting off with Illinois and Iowa. JB, who do you got? Uh, I'm going with Iowa here. I mean, I think that's a uh, – Really easy one for me. I mean, Iowa is really, really good at home. Um, you know, they finally came through for me last week and won a big game, a big game at home against Minnesota. I think they continued their momentum. 
and get over the 7.5 win total that I had betted for them and win me some money this week. So I'm going with Iowa. Next game. No, I'm just kidding. Hold it. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going with Iowa also. 15-point line on this one. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if Illinois covered that at all, but I'm definitely going to go with Iowa in this one. I just think they're a better team. Texas, Baylor, Holt. Yeah, I'm going with Texas in this one. They burned me last week, jumped off sides on a field goal. Otherwise, they probably would have won me that game last week. But going back to the well again, baby, and uh, Baylor's coming off a tough loss, and they're not going to be ready to play, and Texas is going to get them. JB, you got I'm going to go with Baylor here. I think Baylor's defense is much better than Texas's defense, and I like Matt Rule as a game planner more than Tom Herman. I'm going to go with Baylor. I think they're going to have a bounce-back win and, uh, you know, beat their in-state rival that, you know, has always looked at them as, like, the little, little, little brother. Oh, that's a lot of little. Yeah. I expect uh, Baylor to uh, – I'm picking Baylor to win this one. Um, SMU Navy. JB, who you got? This one's really tough for me. I mean, I really like both of these teams, but I really have been impressed with Navy, the way they played lately. And I am going to go with Navy. I mean, I just think that uh, Nia Matalolo has done an outstanding job this year. Navy's defense has been really, really stout. And, you know, just having an awesome defense and a team that controls the time of possession with the offense that they play, I think that they're going to keep SMU's offense off the field. And I think they're going to be able to uh, win. I th- I th- I don't know if I would say convincingly, but I actually, I do like Navy to win this one, so I'm going with Navy. Oh, smash. You know, I think I'm going to go with SMU in this one. Um, Navy really laid an egg last week against Notre Dame. Notre Dame really came out and kind of threw the ball <laughs> over them. And I think it's going to be the same thing this week. Shane Bichelle is going to have a big game. And um, I definitely expect this to be a pretty high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a really close game. But uh, I think SMU is going to pull it out in the end on the road. Pittsburgh at Virginia Tech, whole smash. Yeah, got to go Virginia Tech. They're too hot right now. Um, Fuentes really got the team turned around. They're at home. Um, you know, I like Pitt. Pitt's also bounced back a little bit this year, but I'm going to go with Virginia Tech at home in Blacksburg. JB. I got to go with Virginia Tech here. I mean, I think Fuente has quietly had a really nice turnaround this year, and uh, I think he's kind of cool to see it a little bit in Blacksburg, and, you know, with them being at home too, inner Sandman. Gotta like the hookies here. Tennessee, Missouri, and JB. All right, so here's the fun fact about Tennessee this year and the games that I picked for them. Every game that I picked uh, in, in a game that Tennessee has played this year, I have gotten it correct. That it would be the BYU game, the uh, Florida game, uh, the Georgia game, South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Kentucky. All six of those games I picked the Tennessee, uh, you know, winner, loser correctly. I am. Well, why would we pick Tennessee and Georgia? I feel like that's a game we wouldn't pick at all. Well, I thought we did pick Tennessee and Georgia. I don't know if we did, but <laughs> long story short, I mean, every game that I picked in, in a Tennessee game this year, win or loss, I have prevailed. So I think that's a pretty good crystal ball of how this is going to go. And the crystal ball for me tells me that Tennessee is going to win this game in Columbia. I'm going with the balls. Oh, smash. Come on. Yeah, I got a way shorter answer in this one. Uh, I'm going with Tennessee because they've won three in a row. Meanwhile, Missouri's lost four in a row. Um, Missouri's played like absolute crap the last few weeks, especially on offense. Uh, 14 against Vanderbilt, seven against Kentucky, shut out by UGA, and then six last week against Florida. Tennessee's defense has steadily improved throughout the season. I just don't think Missouri's going to be able to put up any points in this one. Louisiana Tech at UAB, whole smash. 
Oh, I got to go with UAB in this one. They're at home. Uh, Louisiana Tech's got some suspended players. Um, otherwise, I probably would have picked uh, Louisiana Tech in this one on the road. But uh, with those suspended players, I'm going to have to go with UAB and my guy Bill Clark, hopefully future Mississippi State coach. Former State coach. you got I'm the biggest Bill Clark lover besides Holt. I'm going with UAB here. You sound like a little more intimate than Holt, though. Maybe so. I do love me some Bill Clark. You're more outspoken about it. Uh, Penn State, Ohio State. JB, who you got? This seems too easy for me. I got to go with Ohio State. You would think it's easy. It's an 18-point spread, but whole smash was a not easy game. I mean, I'm going with Penn State as well, but, I mean, I'll tell you what, that Penn State run defense and defensive line has been pretty stout this year. Uh, I think Justin Fields is going to have to make some plays in the passing game, but I think they're going to be able to get it done because Ohio State's defense is going to be the difference in this game. Chase Young is back, and I think they're going to shut down Penn State's offense, and they're not their offense isn't going to have to do too much to get them to win. You said Penn State, but you meant Ohio State, right? Penn State's defense has been really good against the run this year, and I think they're going to slow down Ohio State's running game, but it's not going to matter because Ohio State's defense is going to shut down Penn State's offense with Chase Young returning this week. So are you picking Penn State or Ohio State Holt? Alex, I'm pretty sure out of everyone listening, you're the only one who doesn't know what I just said. So we can move well, on. You haven't, you, haven't, you haven't like said yes or no. So, I mean, it's not, it's not the hardest you just, thing. You just had a JV what the fuck moment, and you're not even JV. <laughs> I'll give you that. A um, couple more games, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, with maybe rapid fire, whole favorite subject, San Diego State at Hawaii, whole smash. Man, are we really picking this game? I mean, we don't have to. But... Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with Hawaii. I mean, they're at home. Um, their coach has said some funny stuff before, um, so I kind of like them. Um, I don't think San Diego State's quite as good this year as they have been in the past. They do have a decent record, but um, I'm gonna go with Hawaii in this one. They're averaging close to 500 yards of offense a game, so uh, we'll give them the edge at home. JB. Yeah, the matchup in this game is Hawaii's offense against San Diego State's defense. San Diego State's defense is really good, one of the best in the country statistically. But uh, I, I don't – and then the other matchup is going to be San Diego State's crappy offense against Hawaii's not-so-good defense. Uh, but I, I think the, the game here is really going to be won on that matchup. And I, I just think Hawaii's going to be able to uh, outscore San Diego State just enough, I think. It's going to – both of them is kind of like all four units are really going to, you know – cancel each other out, but I think Hawaii being at home, I'm going to go with Hawaii. There are some other games on the list, but I don't really like them as much because they're kind of easy. Like Texas A&M, Georgia, I feel like both of you are going to pick Georgia. That's not a big surprise there. Um, and I think that's UCF two lanes, kind of a tough one, but I don't really like that one as much. Um, any other games y'all specifically want to pick? I know a whole used to be like yeah. yeah, there's not really another game for me. I will mention another good game in the American this week is Temple-Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati, if they win, they clinch the division no matter what happens against Memphis the following weekend. So this is a uh, big game for Cincinnati, and Temple is not a bad team either. And here's another thing. Cincinnati is only one game ahead of Temple currently in the uh, division. If they lose, Temple gets a tiebreaker over Cincinnati, and that could definitely throw a wrench in the final week. For some reason, (laughs) Cincinnati is like a huge favorite in this one. They're like a 10-point favorite. Uh, ESPN FPI gives them like a, almost an 87% chance to win this game. I really thought that, that would, it would be like more of a toss-up, but apparently all the metrics really like Cincinnati. 
Yeah, because Cincinnati got lucky and beat East Carolina like on a field goal or something like that. I mean, you look at the yardage totals and they're pretty similar. I mean, they're, they're not I far mean, apart. their offenses are like almost exactly the same for total yards, and the defenses are not far apart. So Cincinnati is a little bit better, but not a lot. I mean, I just I don't know. It's interesting. Another potential good game could be Michigan at Indiana. Michigan did uh, look pretty good last week. Um, but and Indiana looked pretty good last week in a loss against Penn State. So um, I don't know. I think this game could be uh, a lot better than uh, people would think initially. Yeah, Indiana's played everyone pretty close. And, I mean, obviously Michigan's looking forward to the Ohio State game next week. But I think Indiana's been good enough this year to, to deserve Michigan's full attention. And, you know, I definitely expect Michigan to kind of run away with that one. Yeah. So, out of all the games we picked, I know I'm, I haven't circled all of them that we haven't picked on, but I know uh, a few of them uh, were – let me think about it for a second. I've got it written down for you. I said games that me and Holt had differences on. Yes. Yeah, so Texas Baylor and SMU Navy were the two games that we had differences on this week. So, not as many as we've had in previous weeks, but, you know, with me only having a two-game lead, it's definitely enough for Holt to uh, – close the gap and even it out going the season if he's able to prevail. I would root for a whole 2-0 win this weekend because that would make it very exciting for the last week. It would. But here's another thing. Um, I know technically next week is the last week of the regular season, but, I mean, we could definitely extend this all the way to championship weekend. I don't know if we even said in the preseason if we're going to go into championship weekend or if this is just going through the regular season. <laughs> I was I waiting to see where I was at in the standings before I brought that up. <laughs> I think I think we should go all the way to conference championship week and then cut it off, but then have like a double or nothing bet. I mean, we can take it down to conference championship weekend if, if we need to. I think, um, well, here's I mean, here's another way we could do it. We go to conference championship weekend for a tie break if we're both tied after the last two weeks here. I like I like bringing up bowl season for like a all or nothing, like a double or nothing play too though i feel like that's a separate bet in itself you know the bowl mania contest but like it could be like for instance say like Holt loses and then uh so at that point he would have to take a picture wearing tennessee stuff and then like double or nothing would be if he lost the bowl season two um then you get to pick like the the caption or the facebook status and tweet that he gets to say for <laughs> facebook or, and nothing is obviously he doesn't have to wear the tennessee stuff or do anything uh, we could pop. We can talk about that later. I'd say, but I mean, my, I think maybe a good, a good way to start right now would be making championship week a tie break week if me and Holtz are both tied. You know, after week fourteen. I mean, it's only two game separation right now. We still got two big weeks to go. I mean, I don't know. We can do championship week too. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. But I feel like Holt and I on championship week might have a lot of similar picks, even though we might have some good games. But I feel like he and I could have some similar picks that week. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss off offline. Now it might be time for rapid fire, which Holt Smash is so excited for. Um, I guess he wants to answer questions, not ask questions. That's the problem is that me and me and JB has haven't prepared for this like Holt has. Um, so I don't know if we can ask you questions, Holt, but it might be a little slow and uh, not the uh, best quality. No, I mean, we've already gone an hour today, so it kind of defeats the purpose. I thought we were going to have some extra time at the end, but we didn't end up – we ended up kind of using our allotment, so we don't really need to – Yeah, we've already used almost all of our air time for the week. Yeah, they, they do get mad at us if we go over. 
our, our sponsors and podcast parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts at SEC Slow Smoked. And we will look forward to doing the recap show on Sunday. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.